name is Kevin Harlan. Welcome to the All Things Sports Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the All Things Sports Podcast, Season 2, Episode 6. Today's guest is a very special one, currently playing on the Penn State basketball team, along with being a TikTok phenom. His name is Ishan Jagiazzi. How you doing, my brother? How we doing today? Good. How about you, bro? I'm all good. We're glad you made it today. I'm here with Brandon Freeman, Ryan Baylor, Jack Farrell, my co-hosts, and all is well here. So we're, we have a couple questions for you today. Let's get it started. So first question I'm going to ask you is just to introduce yourself, tell the listeners today who you are, where you came from, and what you do. My name's uh, Sean Jagiasi. I'm a senior from Wilmington, Delaware, over here at Penn State. I play a uh, point guard, a shooting guard. It's just a guard. I went to high school at uh, Huntington Prep, and uh, it was a good basketball prep school in uh, West Virginia. And this is my fourth year, so hopefully, you know, try to make some noise this year. That's awesome. Um, so I saw a bit about your background. I believe you played or um, you're on the practice squad at Alabama, right? For mm-hmm. two years. How did? Yeah. Was that always your plan, you know, start off on the practice squad at Bama? And were you planning on potentially walking on there? Or how did that kind of come about? To Yeah, I was uh, – one of my high school teammates had gone to Alabama. So I, I went there to try to walk on and then started off as a practice player. Was just working my way up and then learned about the new coaching staff that was coming to Penn State. I would put my name in the transfer portal from the University of Alabama. And while I was in the transfer portal, my high school coach reached out to me. He's like – we know the new coaches at Penn State, and, you know, there's a spot open for you to go and try to make an impact over there. That's awesome. And this is all – I guess it's your first year. It was your COVID year, right? So how is that – you know, how is that transition? It's just it's just different having fans in the crowd. Like, you're used to playing with no fans in the crowd, so there's a lot of, like – there's, like, less pressure kind of at the games when there's no fans. You can kind of, like, you know, shoot bad shots and not – you know, not just shoot your practice shots and not feel bad about it. But basketball is a lot better when there's when there's fans. You have to like accommodate for like home and away like situations. Like for example, like during like COVID years, like there wasn't much disparity between your record home or on the road. Whereas like last year, we won most of our games at home, but lost most of our games on the road. Yeah, so obviously you obviously have a huge passion for basketball and kind of the follow-up to that walk-on role. What would you tell high school athletes that didn't get scholarships to play their sport that really have the passion to continue their sport and play into college? I'd say just keep working every single day like you still like have had the opportunity. Like walking on is always an opportunity, like for whether you're recruited or whether you have to try out. You know, if you're I've always lived by the quote, if you're good enough, someone's gonna find you. I've always lived by that quote. And also, it's not like if you walk on, you can't play. Like we've had, uh, we have two walk-ons on our staff that were starters when they were in college. We have Nick Colella, who started most of his games his senior year at Penn State, and then we had Grady Eifer, who's a walk-on at Purdue when uh, Coach Shrewsbury was at Purdue, and he started in the Final Four run over there. So you can definitely still make an impact even if you didn't get a scholarship. So uh, next question is a little off topic from the basketball. Um, we know you have a big TikTok following and you have a very big mm-hmm. presence on TikTok. Um, can you talk a little about that and just how that has become such a big part of like your brand? Yeah. Uh, 
So when I first started TikTok, I first started my uh, sophomore year around November. And the reason I started was because when I was at Alabama, like I would do practice, I'd get my weights, ex get extra work and watch film, finish all my homework, and it would still be like 6 p.m. So I'd have like four or five hours before I'd go to sleep and I had nothing to do. So I was just bored. So I started making content there. And then I saw my second video got like 56,000 views. So I'm like, if my second video of me putting in not that much effort can get that many views, I was like, maybe I should stick to it. Is that all? This is all before like NIL, right? Uh, that was the year before NIL. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So was that definitely sort of an incentive for you to keep going with it? Yeah. It was already kind of big by the time I heard about the NIL rule. Cause I was, I think announced like July 1st of that year, but I think it was just important because I understand that it like where we are today with social media, a social media following is basically like currency, whether it comes to employment, whether it comes to, you know, just making an impact on a, on a program. I felt like it was like something important for me to do to like brand myself. Kind of like staying on that track. What type of content do you like to post on TikTok? And like, how do you like vary the content? So it keeps it interesting for like your followers. Mm -hmm. I like to I like to post like more motivating content. I think I have one of like the more motivating stories out there in terms of uh, athletes that are playing at the division one level. I feel like more people can relate to like like my story and like my trials and tribulations from middle school to high school to college. So I feel like I can give more people hope by posting like whether that's my story, my progression, following trends, giving drills to up and coming kids. I think that I can just give like the all around basketball experience. Yeah, it's dope shit. So let's go back to basketball. Um, the team this year looking good. 2-0, I believe. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, you've seen the team in the offseason. Who's made the biggest jump? And who do you think is going to take the biggest jump from last year going into this year? Uh, the unbelievable part is so, like, there's multiple people that have taken the jump, but they took it at different times. So, for example, you have someone like Dalian Johnson. In this, He wasn't playing much to start the year last year. But then towards the end, he entered the rotation and he has he made a big jump last year and he's just building up upon that. We added uh, Andrew Funk this year, who is just automatically, you know, jumped on the radar, pure shooter, can can get to the basket, high basketball IQ, can also guard at his position. But then you also have someone like Miles, who Miles really worked on his Miles Dread. He worked on his body a lot in the offseason. He's going a lot faster. We've been able to play at a faster pace and he's still knocking down shots. He worked on his mid range. You have Seth Lundy, who really worked on his ball handling, is not losing the ball as much, and he's able to make plays off the dribble. So I, I'm seeing a lot of improvement with everyone, including our freshmen that got here in the summer. Yeah, sticking on that topic, I'd say just a generic question. What are some of your guys' team goals this year? What are, like, your expectations going into this season? Uh, I think we're all on the same page, but I'll tell you, my, my goal is I've – my year at Alabama set my standards pretty high. My year, we won the SEC regular season championship. We won the SEC tournament championship, and then we made, we made it to the Sweet 16. So my goals is I want to be number one team in the Big Ten. I want to win the Big Ten tournament, and I want to, I want to make it. I, want, I just want to win a national championship. So that's where I'm at, and I'm pretty sure everyone else is on that same page too. Yeah, Brandon, I think you got one coming up here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, staring out. But 
I'll cut it and out. Kind of moving along. Do you plan on, you know, I guess you have a COVID year. Do you plan on mm -hmm. taking that and, you know, even further past that? What are your plans, you know, post-college? Like, do you want to stay in the sports industry or basketball specifically or just mm -hmm. or even try to grow TikTok and social media further? Yeah, I'm not sure. That's something I'm going to have to take a good hard look at after the um, after the season's over because I complete my undergrad in the spring. So if I want to decide to pursue my master's, if I want to play another year of basketball, if I want to continue on with TikTok, I'm just going to have to wait. I'm not sure yet. I'm just going to have to weigh my options after the season. Yeah, definitely no rush for that. Is playing like overseas like on the horizon for you? Are you thinking about that or is that something that's definitely on the table? Uh, if I get the opportunity, I, that's something that I definitely like want to do is extend my basketball career as long as I can go. I'd also look at something like trying to get into coaching, trying to be an agent, stay around the sport if the, the overseas opportunities aren't there. But regar regardless, I think I'm just going to have to weigh like what I think is going to be best for me after the season's over. It's kind of hard to do like while you're traveling for games. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. You don't got to be focused on that yet. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I just wanted to ask a question before we talk Big Ten. Uh, I kind of wanted to know what environment you're looking forward to going into the season, maybe what games you have circled on your calendar. Uh, obviously, you know, Maryland, like Penn State, Maryland. But, like, for you specifically, what are you looking forward to? Like, is there a specific matchup you're looking forward to? So, from a personal perspective, I have Delaware State circle because I'm from Delaware. And there's some there's some history there between – me and the people that go there. So I have that game circled on my calendar. But as a team, I'd say we have probably have Purdue circled because we're playing in Philly at the Palestra. So great location, 30 minutes away from my house too. So a lot of my friends are going. Also, we we lost both games to Purdue last year. We went 0-2 against Purdue. So definitely trying to get a win, especially because that's our head coach. Our head coach was an assistant coach at uh, Purdue before. So it'd be a big win for him too. And I definitely think we have – we didn't beat Ohio State, obviously, always the rivalry. But then you also have – we didn't beat Michigan at all last year either, so also Michigan. You guys don't give a fuck about Maryland. That's what, that's what I'm getting from that. All right, so let's talk Big Ten. Um, obviously, we know the powerhouses. Uh, we know that Indiana has a great squad this year. Yeah. Uh, you guys have a good-looking squad. What do we think from you know an unbiased standpoint – uh, besides yourself, who do you really see making a push to be number one? I feel like honestly, I feel like we can hang with anyone. I like I like our roster over everyone's roster. But if you're looking at the other rosters that look strong to me, like you obviously you know have a program like Indiana, always good every year. You have Michigan, always good. You know Michigan State with Coach Izzo, my man, my man AJ is the point guard over there. They're gonna be they're always gonna be in, in the hunt. Um, not I haven't looked too much into. I've heard Illinois is like hot, high ranked in the preseason, like after like the first couple games, but I haven't watched much film on I, I mean, on uh, Illinois yet. So I'm, I can't speak on Illinois yet. Gotcha. And um, so the locker room from, from this year compared to last year, do you notice anything different? Is anything standing out to you? Are the vibes higher this year? Like how do we feel about the locker room going into this year? I think uh, we're all really close this year. It was kind of hard last year because you know uh it was everyone's basically first year you know the entire coaching staff it was their first year here they were trying to get comfortable it was a lot of players first year here staff first year here so it was like 
it was like harder to like bond. We weren't all there in the summer. Like for example, I wasn't with the team last summer. So it was hard. Like I just got thrown into the fire in, in the fall because that's when I joined the team. Right. So it was like, we, we were able to build, this team was able to build chemistry starting in June and that's continued on. So even though we have five freshmen and then like five, like fifth years, like we're still able to bond off the, off the court. Yeah. Last basketball question here. Um, I'd say just growing up and like, why I'm sure you watch the NBA and look up to a lot of these players, like out of all the players in the league, who do you really try to like emulate your game after and like try to mimic and really inspire to be? I mean, I feel like for any short person at this point, anyone that's, you know, smaller than six, four, you'd have to say Steph Curry just you know, what he's able to do, how he's able to lead teams to a championship, him arguably being the best player in the world at six foot three inches. Like he, him and, Detroit Pistons, Isaiah Thomas are like the only two people that have ever been 6'3 or shorter that have been able to lead a team to the championship. So he's definitely at like the pinnacle of what I would want to try to play like. Yeah, totally. Um, guy can shoot from anywhere. It's pretty, uh-huh. it's pretty nuts. Um, last question here. Going to kind of leave it off on a funny note. Obviously, Penn State's got a lot of TikTok hype. They got Bradley Kraut. You got yeah. Kate Feeney. Mm-hmm. guys looking into doing any sort of collabs here down the line um yeah yeah, yeah of course of course yeah i'm really close with brad and katie like we, we, we always we always talk and stuff we always see each other around especially when it comes to like content related stuff so it's just uh everyone has a busy schedule you know i'm doing basketball plus content plus all this stuff you know brad's you know been trying to build his brand over there with kick the sheet so he hasn't been at penn state as much he's traveling trying to build his brand you know katie always with the commanders and stuff. So it, it's just a matter of finding like the right time and right place, but definitely you're going to see a lot of Penn state collaborations this year. Yeah. You guys are all doing big things. Love it. Sean, thank you for joining us today. Hope to have you back sometime. Welcome Best back everybody to the all things sports who in Penn state this year. We're here on NFL Sunday on Instagram. I'm here with Brandon Freeman, Brian Bailey, Jack Ferrone. Thank you for having me. And I believe this is the first episode for Alec Rappaport. Everyone welcome Alec. Alec, how you doing today, man? I'm great, Ginger. Love to hear it. So, a crazy week this week in the NFL, including probably the game of the year, catch of the year with Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings going into Buffalo and beating them. Um, You know, what do we think is the biggest surprise of this week? What can we take away from not just that game, but every game in the 1 o'clock sleep? I mean, one of the games that obviously just jumps out right from the start is the fact that the Vikings beat went into Buffalo and beat Josh Allen in those Bills. Um, Justin Jefferson, that might have been the craziest catch I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I think that shit's all over the Odell catch, in my opinion, to have a fourth and 20. And literally, there was no window for him to catch that football and somehow to come down with that ball. Also, I think it just shows Kirk Cousins is freaking legit, man. He was slinging the rock all day, and those Vikings are definitely for real, man. They that, that that's that's tough to do to go into Buffalo and get a win like that. Yeah, the Vikings are definitely legit. Um, that was a surprise. I don't think anyone saw that coming on the road, especially with Buffalo coming off a loss. But one of my biggest takeaways: I thought the Bills were far and away the best team in the league. But they've looked very vulnerable the last few weeks. And as good as Josh Allen is, it seems he makes like one or two big mistakes every game. Obviously, he's thrown some bad interceptions. Um, 
but also it, it's just been shocking to me. I think the the uh, <clears throat> NFC North is just so um, or NFC West, I mean, is so overrated. the The Rams have been awful. The Cardinals finally got a win, but they've looked awful. The Niners aren't playing great. I th- I don't think the Seahawks are legit. That was the division a lot of people thought was going to be loaded this year, and they've been they've been very suspect. Yeah, man. But back to the uh, back to the Bills Vikings. I I do think momentum has a lot to do with it, and I don't really know how the Bills are going to go and lose against the Jets. I mean, they've they've got a pretty solid defense, but but not much offensively. So definitely coming after like coming in. After the the Jets loss hurts for the Bills, and then now Vikings, it's just not no momentum. Yeah, I wonder how much Josh Allen's arm played a factor in that. I mean, he looks pretty healthy, but you know, obviously he barely practiced all week, and who really knows how bad the injury is? But I'd say the biggest surprise to me was actually the Green Bay Packers, even though they were at home. I mean, Dallas has looked pretty damn good this year, and Green Bay is just not. But I'll give my props to Rodgers. Shout out to Matt. He finally had a good game, finally made some phenomenal passes, and I'm surprised they won. Otherwise, I think this week was pretty chalk. There was only there was like one or two upsets, but nothing really major in my opinion. I mean, the Vikings are clearly a good team. So, How about the Colts with Jeff Saturday catching a dub? I think that's my biggest surprise of the week. Everyone was saying he was inexperienced and all that, but he went in there and got a dub after tweeting that they looked bad a couple weeks ago. I think – they look great. Josh Allen's looked a little rusty, and this was before the injury. He's had a couple games where he's always like, yeah, like I'll, I got to get it done, but, you know, it's kind of time for him to get it done. So I think those are the two biggest surprises. Josh Allen's just declining. So uh, that leads us to my next question. Are the Vikings legit? They're winning. Are they a contender? They're without a doubt a contender. I think when you look at the NFC, besides the Eagles, I think the Vikings are without a doubt the best team in the NFC. Um, The only reason they get hate is because everyone always says Kirk Cousins can't win the big game and can't win the night games, which is true. But, I mean, I I don't think a game gets as big as it was today when you're playing in Buffalo against potentially the Super Bowl favorite and you come back from down – I think they were down 17 at one point. Yeah, but, um, you know, I, I've always been a believer in Kirk Cousins, and I, I really don't understand why he gets as much hate as he does. But, I mean, they're, they are a complete team. The defense looks a little vulnerable at times, but I think the Vikings could easily come out of the NFC. Yeah, I mean, they've looked pretty complete. They have the pieces there. I, the only thing I would say is they got to get Dalvin going. He's just not looked good. He was saved today by one – fat run at the end of the game but he's just he's not looked amazing but I think if they can get the run game going and they just you know keep clicking then I definitely don't see why they can't be contenders yeah I mean I think you guys are blowing out of proportion the Bills offense I mean that offense put up 33 points today I don't think the offense is the issue with that team I think it's more of just the red zone turnovers that Josh Allen has had and having those decision make making uh, issues at the end of games. Um, so I, I agree with Jack that defense is definitely a vulnerability for the Vikings. And kind of looking ahead to next week, the Cowboys play the Vikings on the road. And 
a look ahead line actually has Dallas as a road favorite of two points in that game. Um, I think the Cowboys probably have a bounce back win. It's a win against the Vikings next week. Um, and I think that run game gets established. And I mean, Singletary had two scores today. That run defense wasn't great today. Josh Allen ran the ball. Well, they just made a couple turnovers at the end of the game that kind of gave them that L today. Um, not to take away from the Vikings. They're a very good team, but I think that they'll they'll get wakened up next week against the Cowboys. Yeah, Jack, I kind of agree with you that Cousins definitely has been one of the most underrated quarterbacks over the past five years, probably. not. He's not, like, amazing, but I definitely don't think he can win that big game. But I guess we'll see this year. Yeah, I mean, I think they're legit. I think the record shows it. They're eight and one. They've beaten a handful of good teams. Um, and their only loss is to probably the best team in football right now. So good coaching, good offense, good enough defense. I'd say they're legit. Um, so moving on from the Vikings, what about the Colts? We just talked about Jeff Saturday surprising us. Are they back? Because they're in the running for the AFC. I- I do not think by any means they are back, or I don't even know when they were there to begin with. But the thing is that you I've realized about the NFL, I, I, I would love to see a stat on it, but whenever a team fires their coach midseason and some guy gets thrown into the, to the action, that team always wins that next game with the intern coach. The Raiders did it last year. The, uh, the Panthers even beat the Buccaneers – in a game they had no business winning. And then the Colts hire a guy who's never coached football in his career at the college level or pro level. And the team just rallies behind him and he won over that locker room really quickly. But I don't think they keep that up. The Raiders are not a good team by any means. I think that was an inspired team and they were playing with nothing to lose. Um, but they're, they're definitely not back. Yeah, dude, yeah. They, they made Derek Carr cry. Guy started crying in his in his interview. <laughs> he should be crying. I mean, I'd cry right now if I was part of that Raiders team too. But yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. I, I also saw someone like Devontae yelled at him, which made Carr start crying. Oh, Devont Devontae has been I mean, he's been his demeanor. Him and Aaron Rodgers both. You can just see it. They just look genuinely pissed off. Like they both know that they needed to stay together in Green Bay. Yeah, I don't I don't know why they didn't. Yeah, I mean, talking more about the Colts, I think you guys have to give some of the credit to Matt Ryan. He played a great football game today. Um, they got the run game going back with JT. He had that nice big run, which was good to watch. But at the end of the day, like everyone's saying, it's the Raiders. They've been arguably one of the worst teams in the league and I'm not sure the Colts are quite back, but that AFC South is very weak, and it honestly would not surprise me if they still have a shot at winning that division. Yeah, I agree. Definitely a step in the right direction. I I think it's kind of what Jack said, a, definitely a bit of momentum and rallying behind the new guy, but also, like you said, Baylor, uh, JT ha- finally had a nice day, ripped off a nice run, steps in the right direction. You know, they're not there yet, but uh, a win's a win. Agreed, agreed, agreed with everything you guys said. Um, let's move to our predictions. Coach of the year and MVP. Let's start with coach of the year. Curious what you guys think. 
So there are a lot of good options. Who do we think? I think I'll start us off. I think Coach of the Year has got to go to Brian Dabble, New York Giants. Um, I look at that roster, especially offensively. I I do not think Daniel Jones is anything special. They might have the worst group of weapons in the entire league. Yeah, they have Saquon, but that's about it. He took a team with maybe four or five wins last year, hopeless, to now seven and two, um, looking amazing this year. And all their wins have been those grind-out, ugly games. They haven't done anything to wow you or anything. I mean, Dabo, I'll give them some credit. They, they always come up with some big plays when they need it, and he has really turned that team around. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true, Jack. And, I mean, there's a ton of guys you could argue so far this year. And one, one of the guys I think really jumps out to me is Robert Sala. I mean, the fact that the Jets are 5-3 and three right now, to me, is insanity. I can't figure it out because I think Zach Wilson is completely terrible. Like, I, I do not buy him at all. I think he's one of the worst in that draft class. They don't have they don't have Bryce uh, or Brees Hall. Um, the receiving core solid defense is really playing well, and they're winning games. They beat the Bills last week. I mean, that's just that's a gritty football team, and he's gotten his guys right. Yeah, so I was gonna say dabble. Jack took that away from me. Um, but Kevin O'Connell obviously needs to be mentioned. Uh, we were just talking about the Vikings, and they're eight and one. They've always been mid. And I think he's kind of gotten them to great. So I think Kevin O'Connell is a great candidate. Um, Pete Carroll has been doing great things with the Seahawks after they shipped off Russ. I mean, they look even better. They definitely won that trade. Gino's looking like a top 10 quarterback in the league right now. Uh, so I'd say those two are my picks. I got to agree with the, uh, the Pete Carroll take. I was just, I was just talking about it earlier. Russ playing this bad actually does – Carol even more justice just shows you how be- how good he actually was. I like yeah, that take, Alex. Back, yeah, I like that, Alex. That that does that does bode well for him. Going back to what Ginger said about Kevin O'Connell, I think it shows you how important this new wave of offensive-minded head coaches is for the NFL. You look at these guys that are just changing teams when they get hired. I mean, you got the Shanahan's, you got the O'Connells, you got the McVeighs. You got these guys. It's all it's all shifted. It used to be higher defensive minded guys, but in today's game, you need those offensive minded guys calling plays and kind of running the show. And Kevin O'Connell is a perfect example of it. Took that Rams team to the Super Bowl last year, and now the Vikings are looking like they could do the same thing. So, hundred percent. Also, I remember us talking about it a while back before the season on this podcast. And if you looked at the NFL playoffs last year, the top eight teams. All the teams that made it to, like, the second or third round or further in the playoffs, besides the Niners with Jimmy G, every one of those teams, it really was, like, the top eight quarterbacks were in the last eight teams. Every single team had one thing in common. They had an elite quarterback. And now these new coaches, you look at the Giants, you look at the Jets, you even look at, like, the Dolphins, I'd say. They don't have a – two is not nothing special – these coaches are getting it done with mediocre to bad quarterbacks. And you got guys like Rodgers. What's that? Tua being mediocre is a crazy take. I mean, dude, I think I would be a good quarterback with Jalen Waddle and Tariq Hill. But I'm You're saying talking Zach about Wilson. A candidate right now. 
he's not winning MVP. But Zach mm-hmm. Wilson, it was more about Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones saying um, having success with with a unproven quarterback like that. I mean, it, it gives them even more. They should be getting even more praise. Yeah, I mean, kind of going back to the head coach of the year, I also think, you know, you look at the Vikings and they have a complete roster from top to bottom. But I'm with Matt and Matthew and Jack on this. I mean, I feel like it's got to be Dayball. That roster is really bad. Same with the Seahawks. I mean, Pete Carroll's doing an amazing job. But I feel like the Giants have definitely looked like a better team at times. I mean, they're way outperforming what they should have been doing. Yep, agreed. Okay, next segment is something we haven't done yet. I think this will be interesting. It's called Contenders or Frauds. I'm going to name just about eight teams, and we're going to see if we think they're contenders or frauds. These guys are all in like the same tier, I think. So the Niners, they're playing right now, but the Niners, what do we think? Definitely contenders. I mean, you look at that defense when healthy, it's arguably the best in the league. Jimmy G's a proven winner. I think Shanahan's proven if he's in the playoffs, he's going to make a run. I don't think there's any doubt these guys are contenders. Yeah, I mean, that defense has lit up the least yards in the NFL. So, again, if you've got the best defense in the NFL, of course you're contenders. I'd say contenders, but they're it's a very close one. I think they're just on the fringe, and it's going to be tough for them to do it because they'll be on the road the entire postseason. I agree with you. I think they're contenders, but barely. I agree also. Contenders, uh, if they go into Green Bay, though, it won't be a problem. Yep. All right. We've talked about them a lot right now, but the Vikings, I believe they're contenders. 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 100% contenders. Unpopular, I'm going to say frauds. I don't think that defense is good enough to win. And Kirk Cousins, as good as he's looked, I don't think he's a winner. I hands down contenders. Yeah, I think they're contenders. Um, Ravens, contenders. I don't want to say frauds, but not contenders. Easily contenders. I'm going to say frauds. Again, I don't think the defense is good enough. Contenders. That defense looked unreal the other night with Roquan Smith now. They got Ojabo back, Bowser. Still getting Marcus Williams back. Did you see that Saints offense against a shit Pittsburgh defense today? That's a terrible Yeah, but they they looked – they looked a lot different with Roquan out there. They have Bowser back. Marcus Williams will be back. Um, Ojabu, the second-round pick, who would have been a first-rounder from Michigan, is back. I think it's going to come down to them stopping the run. Um, and I don't think the secondary is all that good. I Marlon Humphrey's kind of washed at this point. I think Peters is very overrated. Wrong. I, look, I, lo- I love Lamar. I just don't think they're they're good enough to win, especially when you have the Bills and Chiefs on that side. Okay, um, Cowboys. Frauds. Frauds. I'm on the opposite here. I think contenders. I like that defense a lot. I think they're contenders also. Alec? I think they're frauds. All right, you were frozen. You said they were frauds? Yeah, frauds. Gotcha. Okay. The Bucks, frauds, biggest frauds in the league. Uh, I'm surprised they're even on this list in this segment because I don't think fraud's a strong enough word. 
definitely contenders. I mean, Tom Brady's on that team. That offense looked good today. If that defense stays healthy, they're 100% contenders in the NFC. I want to say frauds, they're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to have to end up playing Geno Smith and, like, I don't and Daniel Jones. So, I mean, I, it's going to be hard. So, I, I Jalen Hurts and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Jalen's totally bad. Not saying he's bad, but has he ever won a playoff game? He's 23 years old. <laughs> the fuck you want him to do? I'm just saying, if you're taking Tom Brady or Jalen Hurts, I'm taking Tom Brady. This year, you're taking Tom Brady over Jalen Hurts. I'm still taking Tom Brady in a playoff game, yes. Oh, Bill, are we talking about contenders in the XFL? Like, are we talking? I think the Eagles are a better Bucks. team than the Bucks. Have you seen Tom Brady play football? He threw 58 <laughs> passes. Did you watch him touchdown. today? Did you wake up and watch the game today? Yeah, I'm glad he got a win for the first time in eight years. I mean, the guy's four and five. He has he has three three all pro receivers. Um, that have Leonard Fournette. They've got a defense. They've had ev- everything around him. They've and been they're banged below up all year. O line's huh? been banged up all year. Fournette's out. Julio hasn't been healthy. Godwin. Fournette hasn't time. missed a game all year. Okay, Fournette's now injured. Sorry. Godwin's missed time. Evans has missed time. Julio just played his first full game. They have been banged up all around. Shaq Barrett's out. I'm just saying, if that team's healthy, they are contenders. I'm not saying they're going to win, but they are 100. They're in that conversation. I think yeah. you got to be at least you got to be at least 500 to be eligible for this debate. They are. Yeah, we'll see. You, I've gotten hate all year about it, so we'll see. I think... Al, Alec, what do we think? I think they're contenders just because of the defense. I wouldn't go as far to say that they are better or like they have a better chance of like. I, I definitely think the Eagles are better than. That's Tampa. not a, that's not a question here. That's we're not, not that's not what we're debating. Can they come out of the NFC? Yeah, oh, dude, you just said that they, you would take Brady over the Eagles. So you take uh, Brady over Jalen. That's not what I said. I said I'd, I'd rather have Brady as my starting quarterback in the playoffs versus Jalen Hurts. Yeah. We'll see how that turns out. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> it went really well last year. Yeah, a whole different year. Right. Brady almost scored a touchdown against the Panthers. So, yeah, he's been playing great. <laughs> All right, let's 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 actually move on. To the Dolphins. I think I love them, but I think they're frauds. I think they're a good team. I just don't know if they're contenders. I'm with them on that. Frauds. They have weapons and their defense is pretty good, but I just don't see – I don't think Tua can get it done at the end of the day yet. Call me crazy, but I'm going to say contenders. The only thing is I think the Bills still in that division, so they're going to have to do it on the road in some cold-weather games. I don't know if they're capable of doing, but – the, the amount of firepower in that offense is – it's a lot to handle. Yeah, like you were just – I mean, that offense is so fun to watch. Dolphins are easily one of my favorite teams to watch in the NFL right now. But that defense is not stopping anyone. Everyone's lighting them up. They're, they're frauds, unfortunately. But I, I'm a Tua guy. I like Tua right now. He's playing great football. I definitely think they're contenders. I think you got to give Chubb a little bit to, like, settle in. And then that defense will definitely get a lot better. But, um, I mean, it's hard to not be with two of the best receivers in the NFL, like two top five receivers right now. It's 
it's kind of ridiculous. Nice, nice, nice. All right, Cincinnati Bengals. Frauds. 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 That team's hard to figure out because some weeks they look insane and other weeks it's like, what the hell is this organization? (laughs) Um, I I really don't know what to think about the Bengals. I'm just going to say frauds, but there have been glimpses this year where they've looked unstoppable. They need Jamar. And he'll be back. Yeah, that's a good way to sum them up. Um, I think for this team, the Chargers, I I think – it's tough because they've been so banged up all year, but they look they've looked great without a lot of their guys, including Bosa, Keenan, and Mike yeah. Williams. So I think contenders when they're fully healthy. It's like actually crazy. Like we're we're all watching this game tonight, and they are injured top to bottom defensively and offensively, and they're beating the Niners on the road. So I'm not they're not contenders in my opinion, but Justin Herbert's legit and I still think they're frauds, unfortunately. They're just too hurt. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be one of those seasons where they just can't really get healthy. But Herbert is just that dude. Like, he's so good. So he's just putting them on their back. I'd say frauds. This is a real debate that I've wanted to have for a while. It's kind of off topic. We didn't plan this. Who would you guys rather have between Justin Herbert and Tua Tagovailoa? Herbert. You're joking, right? Herbert. It's not even close. Being serious. It's really not close. Herbert. Look, uh, Herbert's just not worth throwing to. Come on, bro. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> I think there are legit arguments for Tua Tagovailoa. You also did just say Brady over Jalen this year, so <laughs> I said in a playoff game I'd rather have Tom Brady than Jalen Hurts. That's not what I said. That's crazy. Bro, let's not put words in my mouth. <laughs> I just don't even think it's close. I think it's got to be Herbert. I think there's a lot of arguments for Tua. I'd probably still say Herbert, but I'm surprised that none of you guys think Tua is even in the conversation. In the Maybe con- there's like one what? or two arguments, but like I, I don't know what they are. I think I think it's definitely closer than you guys are making it out to be. Like Herbert was throwing to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen to start his career off, and granted they're both out now, and he still looks pretty damn good. But last year Tua was throwing to I, I Devontae Parker like two years ago. It's I, I think he's definitely made some. Huge steps, but I still think Herbert's better. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's arguably the MVP front runner behind Jalen Hurts. I mean, it's it's close. Front runner? I, I think you have to argue it. He's thrown for like three or four touchdowns week in and week out. I'm about to check my TV because we can't be watching the same football Sundays every Sunday. Front runner because to, if you look he's, at these he's two probably guys, top four in odds after this Herbert, week. Herbert is bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah, he can make any throw. Um, he's been throwing to make-a-wish receivers the last weeks. Um, Tua has two of the fastest, most explosive players in the league at his disposal. I, I think I, I think Tua is a good player, but I think Herbert is an elite top-five quarterback in this league. I don't think this is close. I think that's very well said, Jack. Very well said. I agree. All right. So. All right. So wait, wait, wait. Before we get off this topic, just because you guys thought I was crazy, Tua is the same odds as Lamar Jackson to win MVP. The only guys that are ahead of him are Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's a front runner. I, he's a top five MVP candidate. I, I totally agree with that, but I don't think he's beating out. These odds, by the way, were before this Sunday, so we'll see what the next odds are. He's not a front runner, but he's in the conversation for sure. 
Who's in the conversation? I'd say if you're going to pick a quarterback, it's going to be Mahomes, though. Right now, it looks like to me that Jalen's going to win. It's just with the way the season's going, the way the script has been. I mean, I don't really see them losing many more games, and if that's the case, it'll probably go to Hurts. Holmes doesn't win MVP, but yeah. All right, let's move on. So for the next segment, um, we so we did this last week with Justin Fields. We're going to do a segment of we're going to pick a player and we're going to name other players and we're going to say if they're better than those players that we named. So today's player that we chose is Amon Ross St. Brown, ladder receiver for the Lions. So let's give one word answers for this one. Amon Ra or T. Higgins? And just to clarify, this is real. This is not fantasy. This, this has is, nothing to do with fantasy yeah. as a receiver. Yeah. I would I would say Amon Ra. I agree with you. Yeah. I think Amon Ra. Me too. Amon Ra. Amon Ra. Dude, that was this one's close in my opinion. T dude, Higgins he's he's a big guy, he's got the stature. I think it's more depending on what you need as a team. All right, so pretty much Amon Ra all around. Amon Ra or DJ Moore. This is very close to me, I think. Very, very close. There's arguments both ways. I think I'd go DJ Moore. I really like him. If he's in the right system, I think he's a top 10 receiver maybe in the league. Very, very tough one. I'd say I'd probably give the edge to Mara. DJ Moore. Hmm. I'm going on Monra. I think Amon Ra, but it's close. Very close. Um, Amon Ra or Michael Pittman? Amon Ra. Amon Ra. Amon Ra. Yeah. Alec? Probably Amon Ra. Okay. Amon Ra or DK Metcalf? D- okay. DK. Yeah, DK. Two very different receivers. Probably still give it to DK, but it's close. I agree with you, Bale. I think it's very close, but DK by a little bit. Yeah, and one's a slot guy. One's like outside the numbers, but I'll still go DK. All right, so we got two more. So Jalen Waddle or Amon Ra? This one's not close. close. I think Jalen Waddle. That's Waddle. Slight edge to Waddle. Very slight. I think it's close. I think it's close. I think Waddle, but not by much. Uh, last one is CD Lamar Monra. I think right now CD's probably better. CD, Amonra. CD, CD, Amonra all day. I'm going Amonra, but that's also extremely close. Yeah, well, well you're biased, Friedman. <laughs> okay, that was awesome. So now it's time for everyone's favorite segment: the fan submitted questions. Today, the questions are very funny. The next question is for Slot, who's not here, and Balo. It's asked by Jack Weissman. Slot, Balo, where's my lock? I've been waiting forever. Can I have a lock for the game tomorrow for Monday Night Football? Tomorrow's a tough game. I'm not honestly sure which side I'll be on. Um, but Weissman, you'll be happy to know that I gave you that Arkansas lock. Arkansas spread one without their starting quarterback. I handicapped that game for K.J. Jefferson in the lineup. And they still covered uh, the four-point spread. So you're welcome, Weissman. Hopefully you hammered. 
Awesome. I'm sure you'll be blessing him. Uh, the next question is for Alec. Asked by Ben Strauss and JJ Zakheim. Alec, who would you rather have a QB? Davis Mills or Charlie Day? Somehow I knew Charlie Day was going to be involved in this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Charlie Day. You know what I mean? Charlie Day. Great answer. All right, last, <laughs> the last question is for Balo. Charles Dabo with his fifth question. Um, Balo, how do you feel about the Giants being 7-2, and two, and how many Super Bowls will you come with me in the next five years? Yeah, Charles, it's funny you said that. At the start of the year, my bold prediction was the Giants are going to make the playoffs, so it's not like I didn't see this coming. Brian Dable was a great signing for you guys. I'm not sure that you're going to be winning Super Bowls anytime soon, but – it all comes down to Daniel Jones, and I'm not quite sure he's legit yet to get to get over the hump and get you those rings. Latest FanDuel odds of the Giants winning a Super Bowl this year are still 60 to 1. <laughs> so good luck on that, Dava. Charles, and maybe, maybe time to find a new partner to go for the Super Bowl. All right. So, one of our last segments today, we're going to talk about our hot takes that we uh, gave last week. We'll see how they're doing. I know it's only been a week, but. Um, my hot take was the Bills losing in the first round of the playoffs. Um, you know, after this week, they definitely don't look as dominant as they've been over the past couple of weeks, honestly. Um, uh, I still think it's a hot take though. So what about you guys? What was your take last week? So mine was I actually said that the Eagles would finish a regular season undefeated. Obviously, they play tomorrow night, so no further updates have come out on that. But if you just look at the schedule, like I said, um, the only tough tests they'll really have is, I guess, in Tennessee and then in Dallas. But there's there's not a game on there where they should lose. Um, I, I think they honestly just run the table. Yeah, I had two takes. I said that everyone should be going out to get a Monroe St. Brown before this week. And my goodness, I hope you did because – he got 13 targets again, 10 catches, and I think 120 receiving yards. Didn't find the end zone, but touchdowns are coming. He is going to continue to light things up as long as he's getting that volume. And the other take that I made last week was that the Arkansas Razorbacks would beat the LSU Tigers. They did not beat the Tigers, but I said that assuming K.J. Jefferson was playing. They had that backup quarterback in all game, and they only scored 10 points and still covered the spread. So I think that was still a rel- relatively good take. Okay, to wrap up this podcast, Alex, since you didn't have a hot take last week, let's hear a hot take from you, bro. Oh, shit. Put me on the spot. Um, all right, you want to hear a hot take? Is the, the, the commanders beat the Eagles tomorrow night. Okay, I, I like that. What are the keys to the game to getting that to happen, Alex? Uh, running the football. Got to get the run going. It's going to be tough against that Eagles front seven. And keeping the ball out of Hurts' hands. we got to stay on the field on offense, even though they've got a really good defense. If the Eagles locker room is struck by lightning for the game, electrocuting every single person in that organization, then, yeah, Alec has a good point there. Well said, (laughs) Alec. Thank you, everyone, for joining today. We'll see you guys next time, and hopefully Alec's hot take comes to reality.